Cameron, I don't know what we're going to talk about for the cold open. We, you just hit record. I know. We are doing, so we're doing like a trunk or treat for my church tomorrow, like in a neighborhood. Very um, churchy. Yes. Yeah, very churchy. But it's like, you know, we, there's this neighborhood that we do stuff in a lot, like a trailer park. And so we go there and do a trunk or treat. And like, you know, there's like 400 trailers. So there's lots of kids that we've known for a long time that will come. Um, but rather than doing, we have some candy this year from like my family. We're doing a trunk and it would like a game. But we also got um, some stickers to give out because stickers are real hot. Well, we also got croc charms. Are you familiar? Um, a little. Um, croc charms? I'm going to go get the bag because I think they're just fascinating. Because it's like, you know, Crocs, mm -hmm. America's favorite footwear, Gen Z's favorite footwear, or whatever middle school is considered. I think they're not Gen Z anymore. Uh, has it switch happened yet? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I know like my kids aren't considered Gen Z. No, your kids are Gen Alpha. Because we just decided to keep going from X. Um. That one's interesting. I think that might be drugs. I have to think about that. Um, but croc charms, because you know crocs have those holes in them. Mm -hmm. Croc charms are just little things that you plug into those holes to like yeah. customize your crocs. And so I have this bag just filled with just a variety of things. Um, this flower, mm -hmm. which is just pretty standard. But then you have things like this is clearly like baby Yoda, but it's like not. Yeah, it it's like his face isn't there and it's just lines. Um, I don't know. Or like this. Name this character. Uh, that is Raggy Shaggy's. Um, uh -huh. His uh, evil twin. Well, Raggy. I was gonna say cousin. They don't talk about, but oh yeah, he's blonde, entirely white, and has a yellow shirt on. So it's like. Shaggy, but not. Or, but there are, you know, there are lots of hold a soccer ball. That's because why not? Um, there I are think lots of official Croc charms out there as well, though. Yes, but these are these are the cheap ones. Um, I think this might be drugs. It's matcha. Ma oh, you know, it could be drugs, but it's matcha. Those kids don't know. This is clearly just Mario. With Luigi's colors. It even says M on the hat. Uh -huh. But he's green like Luigi. Um, it's like when you watch, like you watch a pirated TV show on YouTube and they like mirror the screen mm -hmm. so as to try to avoid the, the copyright detection. But like nobody's really looking at your croc charms. Here's a Koopa Troopa, but he's like discolored. Is. Oh, it's very interesting. There was one that was I thought was very funny. Um, what is the oh this one they didn't even bother because who even remembers but Littlefoot? Yeah, I don't remember enough about what Littlefoot looked like from the land before time. There was um, one that I thought was funny. This is a very visual bit for our podcast. It is. I'll have to take some pictures. Um Croc Charms though. 
Who knew? Yeah, uh, I follow a person on TikTok, and her whole thing is that like she grew up not being allowed to do anything with Pokemon, and now uh-huh. she's like watching the whole anime through episode by episode and like playing the games and stuff. Uh huh. And she always makes videos like, "Help me cost." customize my crocs today with these pokemon croc charms that's good content um so that is why i am familiar with the concept Uh uh-huh i have never owned a pair of crocs i have a pair of crocs that i bought last year for halloween to dress up like a middle schooler Mm. um went off without a hitch they are uh Oddly ubiquitous for this generation. Um, in a way I don't necessarily understand. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just the the moment. Um but it's like a way for like several years. It's like a way to wear sandals without having your toes be exposed. But that's most of the times they wear socks with them anyway. But Gen Z has a thing about like naked feet. That's a weird. They just thing. do. They have a they have a thing about it. I am fairly used to <clears throat> finding a type of shoe I like and just only getting that kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, I I'm get familiar. it. I'm familiar with the concept for you. Yes. Um, I don't like shoes in general, so the less amount of time that they take up in my head, the better. Um, I have been. My my go-to work shoe has been Hey Dudes. Mm. I mean, you just work from home, though. Well, so. I have to go in every Wednesday. Oh, but your go-to rest of the time shoe is no shoes. That's true. What are they going to do? Shoe check you? Uh, it's true. Um, I've begun wearing shorts and feel very adventurous. <laughs> oh, my. That's a side yeah. of you I've never seen. Well, when I'm home comfy, but I used to get dressed for work, even though I was working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've been wearing a work-appropriate top uh-huh. and shorts. And no pants. Um, I've never been a no-pants person. That's good. I've, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I don't I, know. It just seems weird to me. Of like when you're work, like, you know, like on a Zoom call or something. Yeah. Yeah, but even in my like personal life, I'm like, mm-hmm. have some shorts on. Kind of like some comfy, comfy pants, comfy shorts. Uh huh. Just for all the viewers at home, I'm wearing pants right now. There they are. Oh, there they're they black are. against my black shirt, so you can't really see. I, I'm wearing jeans because I just that's what I put on. You're this a morning. freak. You're just I, a freak. That's what I put on this morning. I haven't changed. I'm I'm disgusted. I can't believe I'm doing this podcast with you. Um, although ever since I switched from belt to under the shirt suspender, uh-huh. um, it's my favorite looks, transition in your life. Yeah. Well, I really like it a lot. Um, cause I never had a butt for a belt to work with anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so they just slid off all the time. I often feel the same way about myself. Um, but the jeans are so much more comfortable. They aren't like like cinched up on my waist mm-hmm. so it's, it's maybe, I need, maybe i need to join the revolution it's it's quite good i i've told nikki that i'm just a suspenders guy now under the shirt for casual and over the shirt for like Formal. official things 
and both when you're just kind of feeling you know, adventurous. <laughs> I don't know how I would do that because for over the shirt, you need your shirt tucked in, and for under the shirt, you can't have your shirt tucked in. That's what's so crazy about it, you know? It's like, what's going on? What's going on with him right now? So Nikki has gleefully been buying me suspenders of different types. Well, if you wear a crop top, that's the trick. Ooh. Yeah. Shirt neither tucked nor untucked. Yeah. I think that's that's the look. I think that's the look. I gotta gotta buy some crop tops. (laughs) I can't wait for this development. Yeah, I really, I would not go back to a belt uh, now that I've been doing things. I know everyone at home is like, this is this is a weird topic, but under the suspenders, guys, it's great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. For security reasons alone. <laughs> okay. So no one can pull your pants down? Well, like, you know, you, you know when you, you're in jeans and maybe you have to, like, run after your kid or something, and you're like, well, I don't hold up the pants. Mm-hmm. Well, that just isn't a thing anymore. Oh, that's good. Good. My pants are falling down all the time. Like a episode of the Three Stooges everywhere I go. Just Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I did some research before I made the transition, and they're like, it can be hard for people uh, who have big frames and no butts to keep their pants up. And I'm like, that's been my whole life. <laughs> You're right. I feel so seen. Um, so, so I made the switch like almost three years ago now. Mm-hmm. I remember when you made it. Mm-hmm. I was very excited. I was very excited. I was a little more timid then, but no, I no longer am timid Not anymore. Cause I feel like it was when we got together and got really into among us that one weekend. Oh yeah. All our friends and you were like showing them off. You were like, well, you were sh- lifting up your shirt and we could just see the one. Yeah, it's true. I was like, oh, what's happening right now? <laughs> They're great. They are great. Good. We could probably, you know, that's enough about crock charms and suspenders. It's never enough. <laughs> never enough suspender talk. Never enough. I am I'm a suspender guru now. Suspender boy. Um, but yeah, we can we can get started. Okay, I'm the brought to you by this week, and I go first. That's how I would think we've established it. Sure, love it. Um, brought to you by the Screen Actors Guild. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. I'm your other host, Chance. Hello, Chance. Hello, Cameron. I'm just glad to see you in your under the shirt suspender. Mm-hmm. With a shirt over it, it's sure. I nope. There it is. Just a little tease for me only. <laughs> you know, this is an audio medium. As you said earlier, we're doing a lot of visual stuff today. Doing a lot of visual aids. Maybe I'll take some pictures of these croc charms um, and make a little croc charm collage. Kim, okay, we're not we're not in the cold open. No, but I'm just saying that I need to do that. Um, but how the heck are you? I'm I'm pretty good. Um, I'm pretty good. My family has been sick for like a month. Mm-hmm. Just like straight. Um, my my 
son started coughing a month ago, like four weeks ago. And then three weeks ago, my wife started coughing. And then two weeks ago, I started coughing. And what happened one week ago? Well, and today, uh, Asher got home from uh, his dad's and his ear was hurting. And we're like, that's it. We're all going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And so we did a family visit to urgent care, which was kind of a fun experience. Yeah. Usually that's usually a solo thing. Yeah. They checked all three of us at the same time. Um, Did you get like a discount? No. A bulk discount? They should have. That's dumb. They got to have three appointments all at once. I feel like we should have gotten that. Yeah. Um, We got him stuff. He he had an ear infection, of course. Um, Pretty common at this age. Mm. And um, he prescribed us all steroids and uh, antibiotics. Um, he They basically said, like, we got our steroids, like, midday, and they're like, you can start taking them tomorrow if you want to space them out. Um, it's really not going to hurt you to take them all today. Um, you just might be a little wound. Mm-hmm. And Nikki's like, well, I'm going to start tomorrow. And I'm like, I cannot spend all night waking up coughing again. I'm all six. Let's do it. Oh, so it was like one of those like step downs where you do like six and then five and then four. Yeah. So, so have fun sleeping tonight. I took them all, um, but I am feeling much better. And a little wound. Um, I think I, I told, I looked at Nikki and I was like, let's just start going to the doctor. Like, like I've regularly? been, I've been, well, like, cause here and I are so bad about just making excuse after excuse of not going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I don't need to, or what's the doctor going to do? And I'm just like, I've been miserable. Like waking up, I've slept like through the night, maybe three times in the last two weeks. Cause I've just been waking up with a cough. Mm. Um, I'm just like, let's just go to the doctor. Why did I do that to myself for two weeks? Yes. So today's topic is actually just as last week where we were talking about, you know, what it means to be a man and the way that we can really present ourselves in a society that doesn't allow us to present ourselves as our authentic selves. This week, we're going to be talking about, you know, what it really, what really self-care is and the ways that we can, um, you know, really love ourselves and take care of ourselves. Yeah. How are you, Cameron? Good. Um, I might be getting sick, but I might not. I might have just had too much sugar. And so I'm hoping that's it. Um, so I ate lunch, and then all I had this afternoon was I made a chai, like a chai latte. And then I had cereal for dinner, and I feel like that was just like overload. Mm-hmm. And so I ate some pistachios, and I feel like I'm settling down a little bit. Okay. I so hope we'll you don't get sick, but if you do, go to the doctor. Yeah, go to the doctor. Who knew? Well, I have a dentist appointment on Monday, and so I'd like to not be sick so that I can, you know, get the other half of my teeth all nice and clean. Mm-hmm. They have to do that really deep cleaning. Uh-huh. For those of you at home, I hadn't been to the dentist in like 13 years. And so, <clears throat> like I finally did, no cavities, looking good in there, just, you know, a little dirty. Mm-hmm. So they deep cleaned half of it, and then they're going to do the other half on Monday. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, you didn't, I don't think you mentioned that when I told you that it had been the first time in 16 years that I have gone. You're saying that I hadn't been in a long time? Yeah, well, I, I just my, I don't feel it was like my deep. It was my deep shame. Because, yeah. But now that it's over, I'm like, you know, I can talk about it. Because it's not <laughs> like I haven't been in this long. It's like I hadn't been. But now I've been, and it's taken care of. Yeah, and in my entire life, I had only been to the dentist one time when I was wow. 18. And look at you now. I've been three times. Four times. Four times. Wow. That's pretty good. So, yeah, but I've been doing good. Um, I feel like life is just so busy. And, like, last weekend we were out of town. And so, like, basically from, like, two weeks ago, I've been, like, this coming Friday or Friday, like, the 20th or the 19th or whatever. It's, like, I'm going to – the 20th. It's, like, I'm going to play Baldur's Gate. Like, I'm going to get home, do stuff. My kids are going to go to bed, and then I'm going to play Baldur's Gate, and it's going to be awesome. And then it's just, like, they never went to bed. (laughs) They're still awake even now. I'm just, like – What's ha- what's happening right now? Like this thing that I've been so excited about for two weeks. Um, it's just like not happening. But then they finally did go to bed. And then I stayed up way too late. But it was nice. And I'm really enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also good. been listening to the audiobooks of Lord of the Rings. You've mentioned that. Um, yes. and I But I finished The Two Towers today. And There's I really just need to... Movies. Huh? That is my favorite of the movies. Uh huh. Well, I feel like I owe an apology for the things that I said about the book not being very interesting. There's parts. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like Helm's Deep was much more exciting and interesting than I remembered it being. Um, and some of the some of the stuff is like really good. Like if you only read or only seen the movies, you would think like Shelob is like in the third book, but it's actually not. It's in the second book. Mm-hmm. Um, the third book, the story is only like half the book. And then the other half is like, here's all the appendices of all of everything else that was going on. Um, so they like stretched out what was going on with Sam and Frodo across the two movies. Um, but like the Shelob stuff is like very intense and very cool. Um, it's just really good. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Tolkien is really good at writing like scenes. Uh-huh. Um, but like he's either really good at writing scenes or really bad at writing. I mean, it's not bad, right? It's not. It's, it's great a different style. It, it's well written, but it's really dry and boring mm-hmm. in writing like bridges, I guess. Uh-huh. Well, he's just like a super, super deep lore guy. Mm-hmm. which i love uh-huh. me too and so it's like very interesting and like he's like i made all of this world and all of this stuff and here's the entire history and languages and everything and now i'm gonna like tell this little story of what takes place at this one time mm-hmm. um which is really good and very cool and i love it um but it's not always like the most interesting moment to moment well and it, the, there's really no chekhov's guns in uh-huh. lord of the rings like you know, Tom Bombadil shows up and you're like, what was that? Like, the entire time you spend at the, what's the first big elf city? Rivendell. 
yeah, Rivendell, where they form the fellowship. The fellowship is done by the end of the book. Mm-hmm. It's like there's like the whole all the books are divided in half, and so it's like book two, chapter one, is like in Rivendell. Chapter two, the forming of the fellowship. The end, the last chapter of the first book is just called the breaking of the fellowship. Like it's it's over, it's done. Yeah. So a lot of the a lot of the world building doesn't amount to anything Mm -hmm. and makes it really boring. Mm -hmm. So I think it makes me really appreciate the movies Um, because they also, having finished the two towers, like the movie really draws on this theme of like indecision and the effects of indecision and the effects of trying to like sit on the sidelines um, and not like picking a side and taking a stand because um, you see that across kind of all three stories. You see that with the Ents and you see that with Theoden and like Rohan. And then you also see that with Faramir as they're all like trying to decide what to do. Um, but in the books that that plot thread isn't there. Like they meet the Ents and he's like, man, I really hate. I really hate Saruman. And I think we should just go kick his butt and I got to just get everyone else on board. Um, so he goes, goes and does that. And then Thaden's like, let's ride. Let's go get him. And then Faramir's like the coolest dude ever. Just like OG, like super respectful, not like a scoundrel at all like he is in the movies. He's like the paragon in every way that Boromir wasn't. But like in the movie, they like create this thread that's still really good, which is like not there in the book. Is this what you're bringing today? No, I was just, you know, what I've been doing. It's related to having talked about The Hobbit previously. Okay. I have to share my unhinged thoughts somewhere. Yeah, definitely. I was just like, wait, are we in it? I don't remember no, being We're not in it. Um, but I can get in it because I am what? first. Unless you have something else you want. I mean, you probably haven't done much of anything else. Um, We recorded on like Tuesday. Yeah, no, I don't think so. How was the Taylor Swift movie? Uh, it was very good. I mean, watching that movie, I'm like, this would have been the concert of a lifetime. That's what like, I've heard. I can't, I can't imagine actually being there. Um, it was, I mean, the spectacle is incredible. Mm-hmm. And she, she has this ability. Like, my wife, who is not the Swifty among us, um, I I definitely am, although I would never call myself a Swifty. I think we talked about this. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, but my wife at one point like exclaimed, probably louder than she meant to, after she like was talking to the crowd. Wow, she's such a delight. <laughs> <laughs> such a delight. But she has this way that's really kind of incredible of like being in this shiny, over the top costume in the middle of one of the largest football stadiums in the world with not an inch to spare mm-hmm. like if you look look to that place like every single packed. it was packed the field was packed All, the only place that didn't have people was her stage um well of course her her and her crew were on the stage mm-hmm. every stand was packed all the boxes were packed and we're talking like this stadium was huge. It was mm-hmm. five tiers. And um, it was the SoFi Stadium. 
Don't know where that is. It's in LA, but it's like it's this huge, just massive stadium, and every like seat was filled, and they were all there to see this like woman in this shiny, over-the-top costume. And yet she has this way of seeming like so human. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> um, and so relatable. And I think that's always kind of been her thing, right? Like the songs that she writes. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, you're a person just like me. Oh, this is me. I get it. I feel it. Um, but it, it it really is. She's just very talented. Nice. I need to go make sure my kids are going to bed. Be right back. Yes, I saw you and your wife even dressed in your Taylor Swift era's outfits. Kind of accidentally, yes. Mm-hmm. We Accident. put the we put the outfits together, and then we we decided what eras we were. <laughs> like, we, like, made, we tried to make it seem on uh, on the social media, like much more intentional than it was. Mm-hmm. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Okay, well, I think I'm first up this week. So I will, I'm going to bring the heat. Um, it's sort of a two-parter, but not really. They're the same. They, they go together. Um, and they're also related to the two of the things we talked about last week. Okay. Um, so, um, 
but I was my oldest son was really wanting to play on the Miu Mini. Uh-huh. And so he was looking at the games and he started playing um, Pokemon Red or Fire Red, not Fire Red, Red, Fire Red, um, which is the remakes in Gen 3. So on the Game Boy Advance, just for those at home, if you don't know, the remakes of the original games using the engine for the third series of games. Um, but he was just like really having fun. And I was like, this does seem like fun. And so I started playing uh, Leaf Green, but I started doing a Nuzlocke run. Okay. Because I think that's just a really fun way to play Pokemon. It is. Um, and so I want to kind of talk about that and then another thing related to that. Um, so just for the uninitiated, um, in a Pokemon, there's a certain style of play, uh, like self-imposed rule set that you can do. Um, when you play Pokemon, because for like a normal Pokemon game is you're a kid, you're going on an adventure, you're trying to beat these eight gyms, like catch Pokemon and raise them up and beat these eight gyms, um, like GYMs, um, to get the badges, to go and beat like the most elite trainers in the world. And you usually like stop an evil group of bad guys from taking over Pokemon or something Mm -hmm. uh, along the way with the power of friendship and fireballs. And, um, but it's, it's really fun and like a really just like kind of a classic formula. So classic that Nintendo's done the same thing. Not our Game Freak, I guess, has done the same thing nine times over. Um, and still just sell like hotcakes. Um, still, still good, still fun. Um, but a Nuzlocke is like some rules that you put on yourself. So as you are going through like the game map, there's these routes that you travel on which is just like the map. And so from one town to another is a route. Um, and then when you're there to the next town, it's another route and they're all numbered. Um, but in a Nuzlocke, you can only catch the first Pokemon you encounter on a route. And that's the only one you can catch. And so if you're trying to catch it and you, you knock it out, you don't get to catch a Pokemon on that mm-hmm. route. Um, and if you're fighting, like if you're in a Pokemon battle and your Pokemon faints or gets knocked out, then you they're gone. It's just like you have to go release them either you don't get to have them on your team anymore. So you really just kind of have this randomized a little bit team of Pokemon that's pretty small. Um, And it's just like the ones you have are the ones you have. Um, And there's other rules you can do, like um, you can't use healing items um, Mm -hmm. during battles. Or sometimes it's like if you, when you beat a gym, you have to randomly trade off one of the people in your team. Um, That one's kind of harder to do. on like uh, you know on leaf green you can't really do that you can't do that i probably can't do that even on some of the ds games because like who's still doing that Mm -hmm. um so things like that or um you shouldn't have to nickname all the pokemon that you catch um it is just this really fun way to play the game um and it just introduces you to some new pokemon that you might not normally play with i mean my team right now and leaf green. I mean, I'm just in like the forest. Um, is it Viridian Forest? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have Squirtle. I just rolled a die for my starter. I have Squirtle. I have a Rattata and a Pidgey and a Mankey and a Caterpie. So that's my. That's basically all there is at that point. Anyway, um, I think there's like maybe a Spearow that I could have got. 
Too bad you didn't get a knitter in when you were at the place with Mankey. I know. That's what I was really wanting. But I got Mankey, which is fine. Mankey's cool. Um, But it's just, you know, and then you, you give them all nicknames. Like my Squirtle's name is Muse, after one of the characters from Trails of Cold Steel 3. Uh-huh. Um, it was like super cool. Um, but this also, this got me as I was doing that. I was like, man, I just was remembering one of my favorite video series of all time, which is one of these playthroughs, which is Griffin McElroy's Pokemon Y Nuzlocke run that he did on Polygon like several years ago. Several. Um, huh? Several. Yes. At this point, because Pokemon Y was, or Pokemon, I don't think the next ones were even out yet. No, no. I Yeah, I think he did it nine, ten years ago. Yeah, because they didn't come out until we already lived here in Oklahoma, and I remember watching that back when I lived in Massachusetts. Well, the 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 X and Y came out ten years ago, just a few days ago. Uh huh. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even seem possible. Um, but Griffin, so Griffin McElroy, one of the titular brothers on my brother, my brother, and me. Don't know which one in the title, but. He's one of them. Um, and he could also be the me. He could be. One of them. Maybe the me. But he, he does a Nuzlocke. And it's just like very fun and funny. Um, just to like hear him play. I was like, I can't remember if this is like clean or not. If I could watch it with my kids because they might enjoy it. And in tradition, it's not like as much as a normal Griffin McElroy jaunt. Um but it, I, I still don't think I'd watch it with my kids. <laughs> yes. But it's just, it's very fun and very funny as he's just like going and he, like there's just sort of this story that gets told with all of his Pokemon as he's going. Like the like I named my Pidgey in my leaf green Nuzlocke Beekman. As you always do. Ms. Beekman was, <laughs> was his Pidgey that he catches, the first Pokemon that he catches, who's just this deer champion the god of all birds um who just destroys everything Mm -hmm. um and so you just you you know you just build a special attachment with the characters as you're watching and as you're playing this style Mm -hmm. of game that i I mean you definitely do in um a normal pokemon playthrough like whenever i play them i'm like these guys you know this is my friends and we're going on an adventure which is like the point um but i think you really feel it in a nuzlocke Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're not a person who plays Pokemon or is super interested in playing that way, the video series is really fun. Um, you yeah. can just search up Griffin McElroy Nuzlocke and it'll pop up. Yeah, I, uh, I've i actually been playing uh, quite a bit of uh, Scarlet and Violet DLC lately. Uh-huh. And uh, I've, been, I've been wondering how you could Nuzlocke this game. Mm-hmm. It would be difficult. It's like, yeah, I love that Scarlet and Violet. It feels like the world is like really populated with the Pokemon because they're just there hanging out. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like sort of that mystery is gone. Mm-hmm. It's like stuff just pops up. And there's a thing you could do like every time the, the, the one I thought is every time the name of the place you're at changes because it shows you in the uh-huh. corner. You like close your eyes, point at like some trees or something, uh-huh. and close your eyes. And the first 
Time you hear that battle music. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one. That's the one. You could do something like that, but I'm, I'm sure there's a way. And even in like the last um, ones, like Sword and Shield, you could do it because there's still tall grass. There's still random encounters in the tall grass. Um, yeah. So it was it was doable. Um, but one thing I really like about like X and Y, because that's where I've done a Nuzlocke in X and Y as well. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked about that is. And I know some people don't like it, and I understand, but I like XP share. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I Because it's just, it feels so tedious to just be like, my Pidgey, my Beakman is level two. And so I have to like put them in and be just be swapping them out every battle till they can get up to be able to hold their own. Um, and it's just like, it just takes so stinking long. You yeah, I I can see that. You've always kind of had a problem with how Pokemon treats your time. Uh-huh. It doesn't it doesn't value it. I've always found that part of the experience, but yeah. So you know, to each their own. But I really like the XP share feature of later games. I mean, I do don't I don't understand why. Um, why I feel like the balancing of the ninth gen isn't very good. Um, just I feel like it needed to have like, you know, where the level just matched whatever level you were. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this myself. Um, but at least they should let you turn that off if you don't want it. Is the other thing because in Gen Nine you don't have the option. Well, I I agree with that. Um, I actually find X- EXP share on everybody very annoying because Pokemon gain EXP at different rates. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. My current team in Scarlet and Violet, I built it based on like my entire catalog of Pokemon. It's got some, mm-hmm. it's got um, my low kicks that I beat Scarlet and Violet with, and it's got um, it's actually got the Houndoom that I beat um, a Dark type run on X and Y with. Mm-hmm. He's on the team. Um, uh, a couple of uh, a, a alpha mammo swine from Legends Arceus and an alpha Empoleon from Legends Arceus. Um, others like that. But my mammo swine gains EXP so much slower than all my other Pokemon that I feel like I can only really use him. Mm-hmm. Because if I want to keep them all around the same level, like he's got to gain like twice the experience of everybody else. Yeah. That's true. So it'd be nice if you could like turn it off. Like I get that, but it's something that I, as a player do appreciate existing Mm -hmm. Um, beyond just like the, you know, in the original games where you got to a certain point and you got the XP share item that you could turn on and off, (laughs) but it's just like, it only worked with one Pokemon. No, that didn't work. That It would share with everyone. It was like XP all, but it would just divide it six ways. And so you would get like such a minuscule amount. That's like that's like Gen 5 on, but the one you'll get in Hargold, or I mean, uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green, you just put it on one and it gains XP every time something else gains XP. Oh yeah, that I mean, that's that held item, yes. But in the original Red and Blue... It was just an XP all item that you could have turned on or off. 
Was it? No, it yeah, it would divide it six ways. And it was horrible. Okay. I was like, this is so cool. I'm going to love it. And then it's like, everyone got seven experience points. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's lame. Yeah. I. <sighs> My least favorite part about Scarlet Violet is not being able to turn it off. Maybe for the 10th generation in a year. Probably only a year, yeah. Which is nuts. They should well, let. They should it'll probably be a remake next year, and then the tenth. Yeah, I guess that's true. After that, they really need. They really need to polish them, polish it more before they release it. But they won't. You know, I don't know. They this DLC is really good. <laughs> well, good. Maybe I'll check it out. Um. Yeah, it's good. I'm not trying to convince you. It's just good. Hmm. Yeah, Pokemon Nuzlocke Run. Griffin McElroy Pokemon Y Nuzlocke Run videos on YouTube. Check them out. Love them. Do it. It makes moves like Tail Whip be very scary. Yeah, it does. Nuzlocke actually teach you how to play Pokemon better. Mm hmm. Because um, if you can't be reckless, you have to. You have to be smart. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be smart about it. Stab um, becomes very important. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, but that's all I have. But before I pass it off to you, okay. I have just one thing that I need to say, and that I is what it is. No, sleep. So Bobka, brain, and no. Sleep till Bob That's right, everyone. The Yeasty Boys. We're back. The Yeasty Boys are back. We were dead. You thought we were dead. We returned better than ever. Um, your favorite podcast within a podcast talking all things bread. And we decided long ago also baked goods. Yeah. Which is not, you know, like within, within reason, which is what I'm bringing today. Were you going to bring something today? No. Oh, okay. Well, what I'm bringing, and I say this counts because of what you use to make it, um, but I want to talk to everyone today about this lovely little dish that we have here in this part of the country called Sopapilla Cheesecake. Oh, okay. Barely counts, but we'll it counts. It counts because to make it, you take crescent roll, like a you get some crescent rolls, like Pillsbury. And you roll it out and you make your cream cheese mixture and put it inside and then you roll out another one on top. And then like cinnamon sugar, um, there's an egg involved mm -hmm. um, and you bake it. Um, and it's so good. It's just like sweet and creamy and crispy and just like doughy in just the right way, but not too doughy. Um, it's just, it's a fantastic baked treat. Um, and I just, I wanted to really celebrate it and give it a place of honor. Um, I don't know if it is everywhere. Like, I don't think this is like a dish that people make a lot of places. Because I know when I lived in Massachusetts, um, we would sometimes do like potlucks at work. Like just with the team that I worked with, like everyone would bring something. And I brought some and people were like, what is this? Like, what, 
what even is this supposed to be? And then they would eat it and just be like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I'll be right back. I can't find if Sopa Bia Cheesecake is regional or not. I don't know a whole lot about the history of Sopa Pia's. Well, the Sopa Pia seems to have been invented in New Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, as a kind of ne- Mexican-American take on Navajo fry bread. Makes sense. I can see the connection there. Um, but yeah, I'm not seeing much about the history of Sopapia cheesecake. That's a real shame. Someone should write books about these things. Should I write books about these things? You should. The history. The um, history of Sopapia cheesecake. Um, what is Sopapia Cheesecake? That's a link I'm trying to look up right now. That's not important. So I don't know if it's regional. Certainly nobody that lived there knew what it was. But that mm-hmm. could just be, you know, you know, there's a possibility that that many people just don't know what something is, even a somewhat common thing. Yeah. yeah it's no big deal. They don't have very good Mexican food um, up in New England. So... You know, we can't knock them for that. It could just be one of those things that never made its way to New England. Mm-hmm. They could be everywhere. So we don't know. I mean, we just don't know. It's one thing, one of those things lost to history. Um, Until you're ready. But maybe I can get get my wife's recipe for Sopapia cheesecake and share that. Share it. Share it on the old Insta just for everyone. Um, I've never been the biggest fan. I've never really? been a big fan of cheesecake in general. I uh, yeah, I guess if you don't really like cheesecake, it's very rich, and I like uh-huh. the first bite. But every bite after the first one, I'm just like, no. So what you a- need is just a little amuse bouche of sopapilla cheesecake. Yes, just like a little one bite, and that's give it. me a, a, a nigiri of it. Just mm-hmm. put it on rice. Yes, that's that's where we should go with that. A sopapilla cheesecake roll. That could be a thing. I feel like that'd be easy enough. You know, you just have it in the roll. 
form with the cheesecake inside and cinnamon sugar on the outside. Mm. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's I'm gonna have to. I'm not gonna experiment. I'm not. Who am I kidding? I'm not gonna try that out. I mean, yeah, but anything's possible. But have you had any good bread? You know, I really haven't. Um, I was thinking about the other day that I just not had any noteworthy, like, bread. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a sad time. There's not a lot of places around here to, like, get it. Mm -hmm. And bread is one of those things that just don't have time to make. Yeah. Especially these days. Yeah. East Rising is it just takes forever. It takes forever. How did the how did the settlers do it? Well, they had a lot of time. I guess so. More time. Their lives depended on it also. <laughs> if I don't let this yeast rise, my family will die of dysentery. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know what? That'll do it. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a dysentery is a powerful motivator. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really need to make more of a concerted effort. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Me too, because it's just an enjoyable, good thing. It is. It is. Sort of ending, sort of ending Easty Boys on a sad note, but you know, it's a hopeful Easty Boys. A, yeah, you know, it's I'm looking for the future of bread. Looking to the future, what may be. What could be? What will be? Cameron, the, the, the point is, we need to quit our jobs and start a Yeasty Boys bakery. Yeah, that the might Yeasty, that might be the point. The Yeasty Boys bakery and podcast studio. Yeah, it's perfect. We could rent it out. People can make their own podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's so innovative. And we'll make our podcasts there at like four in the morning when we're waiting as for we're, as we're getting our dough started, you know. Yes. <laughs> we'll have a podcast empire all made in a bakery. That sounds like the dream. <laughs> Maybe we'll solve murders on the side. What well, I don't know where that came There's from. Just some some books that I've been reading, which is it's about a woman who's a baker in a small town and she solves murders. Oh, okay. Tanya Bear introduced me to them. Oh, yes, yes. The longtime friend of the show. Cozy Mysteries. Yes. Yes. Other than Tanya, shout outs to you. Yeah, come on the show. Come on the show. Uh, Soon, soon they will be when we get back at it. Yes, it needs to happen. Um, But I guess that's all for Yeasty Boys for the Mm -hmm. moment. So until next time. No. No. Sleep, sleep till Bobka. No. no. Sleep, sleep till Bobka. All right. Is it, is it me? It's you. I'm done. Uh, I'm just going to be quiet the rest of the, ep- the episode. Uh, as I said, I haven't been feeling very well for like two weeks now. Um, and, and last weekend... I was looking for, like, I've got a lot of thinking games right now. Um, 
even Pokemon to a certain extent kind of fits this uh, this mold, this pattern. Um, and playing Devil May Cry really got me into like, oh yeah, fast action games. Um, so what should go on sale on Steam Deck last week? Excuse me. <laughs> Let me try that again. What should go on sale on Steam Deck last weekend? But the Batman Arkham Trilogy. Um, and I booted up this week and have been playing Batman Arkham City. Um, it's just a delight. Um, it's so much fun. I, you know, I really loved Arkham Asylum and Arkham City when they came out. And then it's like, I felt like the formula kind of got stale. We were being like inundated with um, like kind of open world exploration games. And I was kind of like, there's some major flaws with the Arkham games. I'm just done with them. Um, but now, like in hindsight, it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, the new Spider-Man being out has kind of got me, kind of is what got me thinking about it. Um, so I booted it up and I'm like 20, 25% done with the game already. Um, it's very finishable. Um, and it's just fun. The combat system is kind of like, what if Dante was frailer and can't take as many hits um but playing it right after devil may cry 5 um it kind of shocks me how like deep the combat is um it definitely belongs in like the discussion with like character action games like devil may cry bayonetta and all of those um yeah i'm having a ball with it I'm having a lot of fun. I know that they are coming to Switch in uh, December, I believe. Yes, I'm breaking my silence because um, I was very uncomfortable. Um, but the ones on Switch kind of look like poop. Do they? Uh -huh. At least when they, they first premiered it and they're like, these are coming to Switch. And it's like, these look not very good, like sharp, just like very muddy. Um but who knows? Because on that little screen, I'm sure they're fine. But what's really impressive about them coming to Switch is that they're not cloud versions. Mm -hmm. It's like native to the system. Well, really cool. there's no reason for Asylum and City to be cloud versions. No, but there's no reason for the Kingdom Hearts games to be cloud versions either, Chance. But here we are. That's true, too. That's very true. That's um, just because all Square Enix had to do is flip a Switch. Mm -hmm. No, it's... It's true. Um, it's unexcusable. But, but yeah, the, the Arkham the Arkham games, I've been actually noticing how, like, not great City looks. Mm -hmm. And I'm playing, like, the remastered, like, updated one. Um, but it's so fun to play. It's so yeah, fun. Those are, they're really fun. Um. I love Predator missions. Those are like my least favorite part. Um, 
just because I don't like stealth very much. That's fair. Like, I feel like I just, it makes me too nervous. And I never really feel like in control or that I feel like I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. Um, like I'm just like, let me pop over on this thing and lure a guy over and zip him up. And then I'll pop over to this one and do the same thing. Um, That's not going to serve you well on the, like the higher level ones. No, I mean, there was a higher level one where I had like eight guys dangling from the same uh, statue. Oh, fun. <laughs> they just kept coming over and I was just zoop, zoop, zoop. Just had myself, you know, like I was fishing and I had all my fish on the, on the, the rope at the end of the day. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's a fun little challenge for yourself. Yeah, the higher level ones where they can scan the statues and uh, mm-hmm. blow them up and, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Well, and I just did one that I didn't have, like, things up top. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to, I had to do all my navigating on the ground. Uh-huh. And yeah, those, those can be fun. The Spider-Man games have moments like that, too. Yeah, I've heard I've heard the stealth in the so in the Spider-Man games is so-so. Um, I mean it's all right. Again, I don't really like stealth that much. Um, but some people love it. Yeah. Um yeah. So yeah, I, I've listened to two podcasts on Spider-Man 2 now, the besties and uh triple click. Uh-huh. And both of them talked very nostalgically about the Batman Arkham games. Mm-hmm. And how like fun they were to play. Um, As you should, you can see the footprints of what Arkham, what Rocksteady did there, and what Insomniac is doing. Yeah, and and I just think they're they're so right. Um, it feels really, I think, good in a different way to Spider-Man to just move through the city. Spider-Man, I mean, it's all about the movement. It's free, but uh-huh. but Batman, he moves so confidently through Arkham City. Like just the animations and the the way everything just kind of flows together. Um, Yeah, I feel like those that game really. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be Batman, but I feel like it captures nicely what I imagine it feels like to be Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all the tools at your disposal. I mean, Arkham Knight with the Batmobile is like super cool. I'm not super looking forward to like tank battles. I may like it more than I think I'm going to. Mm-hmm. But Some of the, especially when you're like high speed. Like blasting everywhere in the Batmobile, mm-hmm. that was like really cool. Um, I never finished Arkham Knight. I finished the other two. Um, mm-hmm. Arkham Knight gets really he- really dark, very heavy. Yeah. Well, I mean, city is not undark and heavy. 
No, I mean, no, but it, it, there's some stuff. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't, I don't really, you know, not having a good time. Uh, I, I, so I got the whole trilogy and all the DLC for $9.99. Hey, that's pretty good. Um, I was pretty excited, but I'm kind of bummed out. Because I do not have enough room on my Steam Deck to have Arkham Knight and Baldur's Gate 3. Oh no, you have to choose. Um, well, I'm not I'm not, not choosing Baldur's Gate 3, so. Oh, well, I guess your choice has been made. Um Yeah, because that's still my primary game. But mm. I'm playing a lot of this and having a lot of fun with it. Um I'm in a very thinky part of Baldur's Gate 3 uh-huh. where like all three paths ahead of me like I've kind of failed all three of them once already. Uh-huh. They're really like challenging moments. Um, Are you still in Act 2 or have you made it to Act 3 yet? I have one more thing to do well, I mean, I'm doing the last thing I need to do, which I, I was almost to Moonrise Towers. Uh-huh. Um, I had done just about everything you could do in Act 2 before getting to Moonrise. And then I, like, got this mission suddenly to go to this place, and it's turned into a huge, just, like, huge big thing. Good to know. Um... It's been a lot of fun, but like all paths before me are, are leading to very challenging places. So, um, so yeah, sometimes I just need a break and I need to like drop down in the middle of some thugs from Arkham and kick their butts. Yeah, you really do. And uh, it's, it, I am shocked. At how I let my fatigue of open world games get in the way of seeing how great this game was. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt with Spider-Man because it, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Like it is open world, but it's like different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the Ubisoft formula, which is just so exhausting. Yeah, I. It was interesting listening to Triple Click. And besties, I had thought that the first Spider-Man, like PS4 game, uh-huh. received basically universal praise, but all of I them it, like all of them traded it like oh, it was good, but we were working towards better stuff, and Miles Morales was better in every single way. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, Miles Morales was great. Miles Morales was so good. I was just kind of sitting there like, oh, I thought, hmm, this is not what I thought people thought about these games. I think maybe it was like, because I remember when it came out, like everyone was just all like gaga for it. And then we did just get the better version of Miles Morales. So maybe there's just a bit of that like hindsight. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we've seen this done better. So we have to disdain this in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not disdain it, but we don't need to appreciate what it was because we have something better mm-hmm. but so, again i haven't it's been a while so i don't know yeah 
I I have every intention of playing those games very soon. Yeah, you should. But right now, I'm just loving loving Batman and Baldur's Gate three. Good. I'm also loving Baldur's Gate three and Trails of Cold Steel four. But we don't need to get into that. Oh, I didn't even know you had played any. Oh yeah, I'm I'm over halfway through. I also have Scarlet Nexus on my Steam Deck. Uh-huh. Um, I also got it on sale for like eight bucks. Nice. Um, I played a couple hours of it. It's fun. I think you'll like it. Yeah, I haven't jumped in yet. Yeah, it's sort of character actiony. I yeah, that's kind of the mood I've been in lately. So yeah, I think you'll like it. Anything else? No, no. Uh, play Batman, watch Pokemon Nuzlocke. Mm-hmm. Still no uh, strike updates other than, you know, studios aren't willing to meet. Yeah, I haven't heard much about the strikes this week. I'm trying to think. Uh, I know that studios... Well, I guess I know that studios are mad about the Eras Tour movie. And there's some speculation that they lost... And this probably is like only a partial truth, but there's some speculation that how well the Eras tour did without them uh-huh. is part of the reason that they're like kind of hardballing negotiations right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Thanks a lot, Taylor Swift. Well, I mean, she kind of showed people that the studios are becoming sort of irrelevant in this new age. That is true. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, say with that what you will. Oh, I just saw an update four hours ago. As we mark the 100th day of our strike, we are pleased to confirm the company executives have asked us to return to the table. Official negotiations will resume on Tuesday, October 24th. Good. So, we will see. It's also been 100 days as of today. Well, it it had been 150 with the writers. How long did the... Of 148 days. It's a long time. So. I mean, I remember when we had the teacher walk out, it was two whole weeks, and that was just exhausting. Yes. You guys need to do that again. Yeah, except after we did it, they made it illegal. They they don't have enough prison space for all of you? I don't know. They do, but it's all full of other prisoners right now. That's true. That's Oklahoma. So they could arrest all of us, but, you know, what are they going to do? What a whole bunch of people on trumped up drug offenses out. I mean, they'll just drive it, run us over with trucks is what they'll do. Because they also pass those laws. That said, it's okay to run over protesters. So that makes me scared. 
Uh, it's it's terrible here. We need to have a total Oklahoma work stoppage. Yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we ever thought the drastic unionization of Detroit would happen, but... <laughs> I mean, everywhere I go, and I just see, like, don't tread on me stickers. And all I just think of is them just saying, tread on me, daddy. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're disgusting, but not wrong. They're horrible. Um, our hearts continue to go out to uh, Ukraine and the Israel-Palestine situation. Mm-hmm. Again, not gonna not gonna talk about it. No, but it's out there, and you should uh-huh. be informed. Yes, you should definitely be informed. Um, super complicated. Um, if anyone tries to tell you it's simple, they're wrong. Um, everyone deserves human rights. Mm, ain't that the truth? Um, but yeah, our hearts are with all of them because violence is just. Not my favorite. Yeah, not cool, man. Not cool. Um, well, that's a nice cheery note to end things on. Um, if you've been checking out any of the stuff that we've been talking about, enjoying anything, maybe you found something new because of the stuff that we've been talking about. Uh, maybe this is the episode that finally convinces you to check out Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-hmm. Um, Welcome. Let us know. Like, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What are you checking out? What's been your thing? Are you yeah. deep into the Golden Bachelor? <laughs> um, I'm four episodes in. Um, don't understand why people watch this, but you know what? I'm keeping it up. That's four more than I've ever. Actually, I've watched like one episode of The Bachelor. I've so never three seen more that. than I've ever watched. Well, but like, I don't know. I feel like everyone's talking about the Golden Bachelor right now. Are they? Yeah. You're the only person that I know that's talking about it. Well, Cameron, the people you know are... Cool. I'm... <laughs> Not dorks. Um, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I don't know how you're missing it. I'm just very lucky. I've carefully cultivated the algorithm and it's not picking up on what I'm saying right now. Um, Determining that I'm being very disdainful. Uh, yeah, I, it, you know, it has not been my favorite thing either, uh, but you know, it's there. It's there, I guess. It's something. It's something. What are you, what's your, what's been your non-struck media yeah, um, let us know because we're running out of ideas. Uh, yeah, you know, doing this has kind of helped me see how much media exploration I actually do do. Yeah, not much. Um, well, no, it's actually quite a bit more than I thought. I thought I, I guess, yeah, I got about twelve episodes worth. <laughs> yeah. So we do hope to be back to regular episodes very soon. Hopefully, we'll see how this one, get this round goes. Starting on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed. This is a hundred days of us not doing Boy Meets World podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
100 days stronger. 100 days. We've, we've lost a third of a year, and we were on the home stretch. We were. And now, just away. Who knows when we'll be done? Nobody. Nobody knows. Um, but yeah, you can reach out to us at bgworldfever at gmail.com or over on Instagram. Um, two great ways to get in contact. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world.